morning, everyone. Good morning. All right, all right, all right. Isn't that awesome? You know, we're all designed to give that away. It's not just those few people there. Um, if you haven't had an opportunity to be a part of City Quake and what they've been doing, I encourage you to check it out, get with some of the folks that you've seen on the video, some of the leadership here, ask some questions. I really believe even after um, it's complete, the house is going to continue in those same efforts. Right? It's such a good feeling to step out and do what we were designed to do. Um, you're like a kid in a candy store once you start seeing God do something. Like, God, you did that and you used me? It's, it's such a great feeling. Um, those that have experienced know what I'm talking about. Um, it actually pushes you to go out and do more. Um, so again, just want to encourage y'all that uh, have not experienced it um, to get a part of the teams that are going to be doing it and, and take advantage of that opportunity. Good training. You're not alone. Don't feel afraid out there. Are you guys just going to throw me out on the street? No, we're going to walk with you on that. So definitely wanted to put that out there. Amen. For those that don't know me, my name is Aaron. Been at New Life <laughs> for four years now. Um, before I go into what God has given me this morning, first I want to just recognize, uh, you know, this is Memorial Day weekend. Um, for those that have family members, those in the house that have served, we want to honor them. Um, this morning um, by just first saying thank you. You know, thank you for the, the dependents, the family members that had to be home while they deployed and, and, and went through all those hard times that it, it comes with being a service member. Um, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's give them a hand. Um, yeah. Amen. Sometimes the family members get overlooked in that process, but they're, they're huge. Um, you know, if you've ever been to a retirement ceremony, it's not for the service member. Um, you know, even though they're up there in their uniform, they're looking all spiffy, um, it's, not, it's not for them, it's for the family. It's for the family. Um, but we do want to honor those heroes. I'm actually retiring. I retire on Tuesday. Uh, yeah. So 23 years in the Navy. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, all of it. Um, saw some great countries, some great places. I'm ready. I came in at 17 years old without a clue in the world, with milk whites on, looking at an aircraft carrier, this big old dinosaur of a ship. Uh, did not know what I was getting into, but God did, and he, 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 uh, he took care of me. Great experiences, so excited about that. Um, this morning, I do believe I've got a word that, that God has put on my heart to share with the house. Um, I want to first say thank you to New Life. Um, I really do. This is my, my, my last Sunday for a while. We're moving to Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, we're leaving on Tuesday. And, um, but I, I, I just felt led to say thank you before I get started sharing anything. Um, the life changers, the elders, Pastor Lowe, if you're online, love you, brother. Um, Sister Lowe, the, the Lowe family, all of you have been a blessing to my family. I'm going to try to get through this message without crying, so I'll pray for you. <laughs> um, it's been... It's been big. Uh, when I said it, I knew. I said, if I say it, I'm going to cry. I did. Um, it's been big. And um, those that are in the house, the families, maybe on the fence, wow, you know, what does it look like? Why am I here? I want to encourage you to get plugged in. Ask God, God, why am I here? Why did you bring me to this house? Let him give you that answer. And don't be convinced if it's something that's not familiar. 
what God may have called you to to be a part of this house, it may not look like where you've served before and, and how you've done church before. Be open to do exactly what God wants you to do. And I promise you he'll meet you there. No matter how long the period of time it is for you to be actually in this building, when you're doing the work of the body of Christ, God's going to meet you there. He said, if you take care of my house, I'll take care of yours. I just want to encourage you, and again, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Um, this one I knew was going to get me. My wife, turn around, come back. Definitely want to tell her I love you. You know, relationships can be tough, but um, I got a good one, and I just want to say thank you. All right, all the emotional stuff out the way. To my dads in the house, God gave me something for you too. And I want to share this before I get started. I ain't got much time, and I promise you I won't be long. I'm a part of a men's group that gets together. We get together on Saturdays. Um, brother Demetrius, Shorty, Melvin, um, Dathan, different brothers that have been a part of it. My dear brother, my big bro, Brother Patrick King in the back. Um, I had an opportunity to share a word one time, and as I was preparing for this, God spoke this word to me pertaining to fathers. And I want to share this before I get started. It was about Joseph, Jesus's adopted father, so to speak, right? And I was studying about Joseph, and I, and I looked at the scriptures, and I'm like, why isn't there more about Joseph? I mean, if any dad in the Bible, I mean, this was Jesus's stepdad. This is huge. Like, he took on a responsibility where the shame that came with Mary and you know, and the fact of her being pregnant out the blue and everybody kind of looking like, bro, what happened? And, you know, he was willing to release her to protect her. The Bible talks about the man of integrity that Joseph was. But after a certain point, you don't hear much about Joseph. So I start trying to find where that line was where we didn't hear about Joseph anymore. And I'm saying, God, what, 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 what was his whole purpose? What was it about Joseph that, you know, was so great to be mentioned and to get that honor of holding that position, but then also to not be spoken of again. So I searched and I searched and I searched. And the last time we hear about Joseph is when they were in that big old uh, kind of uh, crusade leaving, I believe it was Jerusalem, and they were like, where's Jesus? You guys remember the story? Where, where, where is he at? And they turn around and they're like, you know, Mary's talking. Joseph is just kind of on the side. You don't hear him say anything. But Mary's like, where were you at? And what was his reply? about my father's business. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment. He said, Aaron, I want you to encourage the men. There's a lot of pressure on us as fathers to be, to perform, to provide, to protect. A lot of ownership. And a lot of times if it gets so heavy, we end up running from our responsibilities. It gets so heavy, we end up going to different vices to try to compensate for what we don't feel like we can uphold. But God said to me, he says, Aaron, more than anything you do for ministry, church, your job, or whatever, when your children and your family can come to you 
and look you in the eye and say, I know who my real father is. You've done your job. You've done your job. That was it. We didn't hear anything from Joseph after that. He wasn't at the wedding when the water was turned to wine. He wasn't there when Jesus was crucified. He wasn't present for anything. He did what he was called to do. He stood in the gap. He protected him. When they were killing all the male children, he helped them escape. He protected his mother. When he got weary, he, he listened to the voice of God. He never argued. He listened to the scripture. He said yes every time. Don't allow this world, family, put batteries in your back and have put pressure on you. Just stay connected to your fathers until they know who their father is. So that was that. And I want to encourage you to, before I move on from that, if you don't have connection, it's available. Man, you're not designed to do this alone. You're not. Seek it out. There's some good brothers in the house that are waiting for you to say yes. Walk with them. Okay? All right. So what I have to talk about today, it's kind of torn a little bit in some places, but what I felt God was putting on my heart was to kind of sum up my time in Texas. Right? Being in the Navy, God called me to Texas, and I'm like, Lord, there's no water out here. Why, why am I going to Texas? Not too soon after that, immediately he started to show me why. Um, I told this story, you know, I got that word in 2016, 17-ish, before I left San Diego, and God said, Texas and Arizona. I thought I was just looking for more cost-efficient places to retire. So I kind of wrote it off. Um, but I kept telling my wife, years past, the time we're out here, I'm like, Texas and Arizona keeps coming up. And um, a lesson in that, I was looking for confirmation in that decision of where to go. Oh, I'm going here, Lord, but I'm just going to trust you. I was looking at confirmation, like, God, where do I go? How, what's my next move? And um, I kept seeking out, I talked to my big bro, I'm praying about it, I'm getting weary, I'm getting frustrated, I'm getting close to retirement. God, what are you going, what am I going to do? I, I, I joined the Navy at 17. I don't, I don't have a job, I don't have much experience. I just graduated a week ago, you know, at 40 years old. Like, I mean, what, what does life look like? What am I going to do? And I said, okay, Lord, you're going to confirm it, you're going to tell me, I want to see a sign, I want something, and I'm not going to move until I get it. And it did not come. I just, I was getting frustrated. I'm like, God, what is going on? Like, I'm praying. I'm spending time with you. I'm close to you more than I've ever been in my life. Why am I not getting anything? And finally, the word kept coming back and kept coming back in Texas and Arizona. And what God finally told me says, Aaron, I gave you the word. This is not the season where I'm going to send confirmation. I want you to take me at my word. I know you're looking for an answer. I know you're looking for something else, another sign. We see that in Scripture. I don't know how many times, right? Jesus says, do I, do I have to give you another sign? Or are you just going to get to the point where you just, when I speak, you say, yes, Lord. The moment I said yes, a job came, a house came, school came. If I can encourage you, when you're in relationship with him and you're seeking your father, this is what we're going to be talking about this morning. 
Thank you, Lord. It's going to get to a point where everything's going to be pulling at you at times, especially when you're in those crossroads of making decisions and God's trying to elevate you and take you from glory to glory. It's going to get to a point where he's going to speak to you and you've got to trust him. A lot of us believe in God. There's a lot of people that believe in God, but they don't have faith in him. And that's what separates a child of God from another person that was created by him, is that we know our father's voice and another voice we won't even follow after. And so it's going to get to a point where God's going to say, I'm going to speak to you and I want you to take me. It may not even sound like, God, are you sure? Try me. God, are you sure that's you? This don't look right. Try me. And the Bible says the steps of a good man are what? They're ordered by the Lord. Okay. I started to look back over my life and, and how I got to Texas and what started taking place. And, you know, I had so many different words that God has given me through this. I'm like, oh, I'm going to speak this, I'm going to speak this. And God says, no, 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 this is what you're going to share. I said, Lord, this is heavy. <laughs> but I'm going to get through this. Um, those that have your Bibles on your phones or whatever, go ahead and get them out. We're going we're gonna to get into some scriptures. We're gonna, we're gonna, I want you to have church with me. All right. But before I get into it, I, I started asking, how did I get here? And where was I at? And what God began to do? Love that. I was waiting to see what it was going to look like. Um, to get to this point in my life. I remember first coming to Christ and, and being so excited for God and, and you know, having my Bible and wanting to witness to anybody that was walking and breathing. I was just, I don't care, I'm talking to birds, I'm just excited, I'm on the ship. I got filled with the Holy Ghost in 2000 on an aircraft carrier, USS George Washington, up in a chapel. It was five, six, seven brothers in there, man. One was a reformed, pyro, blood gangster from L.A., another one was a hustler from Minnesota, and we all had our different backgrounds, but we're in this, this chapel up on a, in an aircraft carrier, crying out to the Lord, snotting, grown men. I'm looking at this big old gangster, he's doing the running man, snotting, speaking in tongues, and I'm like... What is going on? You know, my close friend that we've started to run the streets with and get into all the wrong things in the military, he's over there crying out to the Lord, speaking. And I'm like, God, what is going on here? And I had one of the brothers that I connected with early pull me aside. Actually, I found him. He was in the, in the birthing where we sleep in those coffin racks. He was reading his Bible. I remember I got to a low point. I went up to him. I said, hey, brother, I said, I see you going to church. Where do you go? We go to, you know, the chapel. You should go with me. I said, okay. I went with him, and we started fellowship. My brother started getting saved, and things started happening. And I remember I asked him this. God, again, I'm going to trust you. I said, what is going on with all these people and this, the Holy Ghost and all this? And I said, I said, I want that. I don't know why, but I want that fullness. I want that experience. I'm seeing something different I never experienced before. And he says, he says well, go ask God for it. So I did. I went to him, I asked for it, and I started seeing my brothers having these experiences, and it wasn't happening for me. And I'm like, God, well, this is taking too long. Like, I grew up in church. I know this. These guys in the streets they whole life. Why well, I ain't getting this thing? Got a little godly jealous. And I never forget, I went to that same brother. I said, man, I'm getting frustrated. And he, he broke a scripture down for me. He says, look, he says, sometimes in our life, it's not sin that's holding us back. It's weights. He said, it's weights. Right? Bible says, run this race with patience. Lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets you. 
So he said, ask God what that weight is. I'm going to tell you right now, everybody this morning, there's something that you're holding on to that's in the place of where God wants to be. And it's not that it's so much sin, it's just a weight. And so I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. I, I was born in 81, so I'm a kind of a 90s kid. I had a CD case. And again, I'm not, I'm not talking about music this morning. This is just my own testimony. I had a CD case. And those that were in the morning class heard this before. And it was like this big. I mean, I had everything in there. Jagged Edge, all the old Montel. Some of y'all know that grew up in that time. I had all the jams in there, right? And as I looked, going through my CD case, the Holy Spirit said, let it go. I said, that ain't God. <laughs> Too much money I spent on this. I said, let it go. I said, okay. He said, I don't want you to give it up, because if you give it up, you're still holding on to something. I want you to let it go. And I was so hungry for God. I didn't have no logic and no thought process of how I'm going to maneuver. I just wanted him and everything that came with him. I didn't come with my own doctrinal beliefs. And my, I had that. I grew up in church. I said, but God, all I want is you. And I looked at that CD case, and I got it all together, and I walked to the trash can. I put it in a bag. I was all ready. And then I heard the Holy Spirit said, I want you to put it at the bottom of the trash can. I said, God, you know, somebody else can be blessed with this. My money is going to be well spent. He said, no, 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 no. You put it at the bottom. I put it at the bottom of the trash can. Walked away feeling good. I went to the chapel the next day for service. I was excited going to service. It's going down. Got up there, nothing. <laughs> okay, God, I'm about to go get them CDs back. <laughs> I went back to my rack, prayed. I said, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to trust you. The next service, I went up there in the same chapel, and I remember this prayer. I just put my hands up. I said, God, Whatever's in me that's not like you, get it out. I want you to fill me with your spirit until my cup overflows. I don't ever want to forget this experience. I see it happening around me, but I want it just for me. And when I put my hands up and I begin to cry out to the Lord, I mean like lightning, boom. It hit and my tongue start going. I'm speaking things and I'm looking at myself. And I'm like, what is going on? Nobody can ever take that experience away from me. I don't care what teaching, what doctrine, what religion, it does not matter. That experience happened between me and my father. Those that are seeking that, do not get weary and well-doing, for in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. My thought for today, as you can see, is the spirit of adoption. After I got filled with the Holy Ghost, the journey begins, all right? I was ready to go, preaching, ministering, even pastored a little bit. I, from, I came from a denomination that was really strict, but I loved it. I loved everything about it, you know, holiness, righteous living. I gravitated full strength. You don't look like that. You don't talk like that. You don't walk like that. I looked down on people that were talking about the Lord but act a certain way. How are you saved? Look at the way you're talking. God, I believe, was up there just smiling like, look at my boy. He has no clue. He has no clue. But I was hungry. But on top of that hunger and desire, after the dust settled, it was a heaviness on me. I didn't feel free. 
I felt bound. I'm like, God, how am I redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? How have I been baptized in your name and I'm depressed? How does every time I get going, I feel like, man, I can't make it anymore? I started basically living this thing, running away from sin, not running to the Father. All that began to evolve, and then before you know it, I'm hiding from God, and, and I'm starting to do secret sin. You know, stuff they think nobody's looking at. Nobody knows. God's just watching like, oh, my baby. So then I started to perform. Because in my heart was so heavy, and I knew I wasn't where I needed to be in God, but I perfected looking like a Christian. I perfected wearing the suit, the cufflinks, the attitude, the language. Praise the Lord, sister. God bless you. And I'm not speaking down to my brothers and sisters that come from that background. They're just, they're, they're at a different place in a different season, and God's going to mature, I believe, mature them out of that. It is a maturity. But I was in that place, and I was hiding, and I, and I started to host lie after lie after lie because I didn't have identity. And the father that I was going after, I was giving place to the other father, which is the father of lies. The Bible says, give no place to the devil, but resist him and he'll flee. But I was giving him place in my life and didn't even know it. So I'm hiding out, trying to perform, covering myself with fig leaves. And God says, Aaron, where are you? I'm over here. I'm hiding. I'm naked. I'm exposed. So I'm finding anything I can to cover myself. And he said, who, who, who told you you were naked? Who told you you didn't have everything you needed? Who told you you were without? Who told you you were missing something? That secret sin turned to open sin. And that's when the judgment comes from, right? Now everybody gets to see. Your brothers and sisters in the, in, in the faith, oh, man, they wait for that. Right? They're ready to come after me. Well, all right, you saved. Fell, out here smoking, drinking. We don't understand. That's just the fruit of a bigger issue. This is why it's important for us as, as, as children of God to really be attentive to our brothers and sisters like we just seen on this video and look for the need, not the sin. What's really going on in the heart of our sister and brother? God, give me a word. Let me, let me, let me pour out my life. Let me give myself for them. Because I know what I'm seeing in the natural. That's not the real issue. We got to have that type of heart posture. I, I was talking to my brother right before service and God spoke to me. He said, this spirit of adoption that I'm going to get into a little bit, it's not just vertical, but it's, it's lateral too. I said, wow, Lord, thank you for giving that right before I go speak. I was talking to Pastor Sean and we were just talking and we we're talking about the relation we've had over these last couple of years. And, and as he's talking, I'm like, man, God, that sounds like adoption. Taking on a brother and sister in the faith that might be suffering from orphan, you know, the mindset of being that, that neglect or, or not having that connection with God. And you're sitting there and grafting them in, loving on them exactly the way they are, taking them exactly the way they are and asking God, how can I meet the need? But after that struggle and that open sin, you start hiding out. And I know for me, I had to take a Christianity timeout, is what I'll call it. God, I love you, but I'm tired. 
tired. I'm tired of performing. I'm tired of doing these things and nothing's ever happening. Every time I come closer, I'm struggling. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. It's too hard. The Holy Spirit began to get a hold of me in that season of discomfort. You know, he began to whoop on me a little bit, too. The Bible says he loves us, so he's going to spank us a little bit. But I realized, even coming to Texas, that God chose me. It wasn't some random thing that I just found God on, on, on the way, on the road, on the ship. He actually chose me. That I was adopted and selected, and he chose me before the foundations of the world. So, if you have your Bibles, Scripture, Romans 8.15. We're going to pick up a little bit. Romans 8.15, it says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery. We're in the Amplified Version. Leading again to fear of God's judgment. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons the spirit that produces sonship by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. Luke 15, 11, and 13. I'm going to come from this story a little bit here and there. Let's talk about the prodigal son. The Bible says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger son the younger one said to the father, Father, give me my share of the estate. The Bible says, so he divided his property between them. Two sons, one father, one house. One thing I noticed in that story, both sons were already in the house. Already connected. Next verse, Ephesians 1, 3 through 5. Blessed and worthy of praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. Verse 4, just as, this is in the Amplified, in his love, he chose us in Christ, actually selected us for himself as his own before the foundation of the world, so that we would be holy, that is consecrated, set apart for him, purpose-driven, and blameless in sight and love. Verse 5 says, he predestined and lovely planned for us to be adopted to himself, his own, children through Jesus Christ, in accordance with kind intention and good pleasure of his will. You were chosen, selected. When you hear adoption, sometimes we think of it as we know it now, right? There's a kid that may have been neglected, um, abused. We had some discussion this in our creative meeting. Thank you for Shireen give me some perspective on this, that sometimes, you know, we're just looking to help some kid and get them out of their situation, right? Rescue them from a hard time of life. And a family says, hey, look, we're looking to bring a child into our life. We're going to go take this kid on and give them a better way of living. We're going to save them. Was that the same way back then, right? When they read this scripture, when it was read to these churches in Ephesus and in Rome, they knew exactly what they were talking about when they talked about adoption. These children weren't babies. 
They weren't cute little babies that, oh, we'll give them cancer, because babies didn't really make it that much back there. They have a lot of medical care. So they, they, what, they, these, were, these were grown men, late teenagers to young adults, that were handpicked to take on the inheritance, the lineage, the name of that family. And these churches understood that. So when they said the spirit of adoption, that's what they're that wow. It had a different meaning. If you look at some of the history, all my history buffs in here, you talk about Julius Caesar and, and Augustus, all those people, they were, they were, they were hand-selected and adopted to take those positions. But when I looked at the scripture in Romans, three, four things stood out to me. Slavery, adoption, sonship, and the father. When I look at slavery, the mentality of a slave, I look back at my own personal life, and I believe that's why I wanted to give my testimony. In those earlier years of walking with Christ, I see myself operating with a slave mentality. It wasn't like I was a true son. I was, I was working for the master. But I wasn't serving my father. In the Old Testament, we see this, right? God's deliverance and promises for his people. The Bible says in Leviticus 26, 13, it says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt so that you would no longer be slaves to the Egyptians. I broke the bars of your yoke and enabled you to walk with, the, with your heads held high. That was his purpose. He was trying to get the children of Israel to be family. But they only knew him as God. So there was always this level of fear, like, ah, Moses, you go talk to him. Ah, nah, yeah. They, they seen what he did to the places like Sodom and Gomorrah, and, you know, God's a holy God. He's just. But it produced a level of fear and a separation, and God's like, no, I'm trying to bring you into relationship. I was working for rewards, payments. Christianity at that time just became an endless to-do list. And I know coming into Christ, many of us with different religions and backgrounds, that's how it was introduced to us, right? You know, we live for God so we don't go to hell. I was telling one of the groups I was a part of when I was a kid, I got baptized because I watched this movie called Thief in the Night. Those who have been in church for a while know what I'm talking about. It's an old, old spooky movie. But, you know, they wake up and the guy that was shaving, the razor's in the sink, the kid that was mowing the lawn disappeared, and all these young kids are sitting there watching this video thinking, I'm going to wake up and my parents are going to be gone. Boy, I jumped in that baptismal pool. <laughs> but that's how I was introduced to Christ. And then coming into the faith that I did, that was my foundation, it even kind of increased that thought process. But it was a slave mentality. It was bondage, as the scripture says. You know, when you look at the prodigal son story that we read, he asked for his inheritance from his father. He said, you know, give me what's mine. Instead of realizing what he already had, he said, give me what's mine. In that moment, he kind of chose to be a slave. And he didn't value the relationship and the position he was already in. He didn't know. 
He said, give me the goods that falleth to me. And this was the first mistake he made because he switched from stewardship to ownership. We weren't called to be owners. God called us to be stewards. And when we're in relationship with the king, our father, that's something we're not designed to carry. But when we want to do things our way, we'll take what we think is ours, and before you know it, it becomes too heavy to carry. And we're we're, we're trying to walk this Christian walk and do these things that we feel that God wants us to do, and it's just weighing us down. Go to church on Sunday, you feel good. By Tuesday, I'm ready to quit. Go to a meeting, a little Bible study, I feel good about myself, but get home with my family, dealing with my kids, I can't even move forward. I'm over it. But he switched to ownership. And the result is you become slave to the thing that you're possessing. We don't have the power to carry this. The book of Psalms says in, 24, in the 24th chapter, first verse says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. We steward, we don't own. He owns everything. That's how he can be a jealous God. The Bible says he's a jealous God. You know why? Because he owns everything. Galatians 4th chapter, 1 through 3. If I don't preach good, you got the Bible at least. Now what I mean, it's amplified, when I talk about children and their guardians is this. As long as the heir is a child, look at this, he does not differ at all from a slave. Even though he is the future owner and master of all the estate, but he is under the authority of the guardians and the household and administrators are managers until the date set by his father when he is of legal age. So also in the third verse, we, whether Jew or Gentiles, when we were children, spiritually immature, we kept like slaves under the elementary, man-made, religious, philosophical teachings of the world. Until we grow spiritually, many of us come in with this same mentality. We're learning of the Father. We're learning his ways. We're still trying to figure things out. And before you know it, we're quick to go back to what we know that works. Anytime there's a delay in our relationship and a response from God, the first thing we do is crutch to the familiar. Well, you know, that worked back in the day. I'm just going to do that. That's how I fixed it before, so I'm just going to go that way. And then we go back to God. God, it's not working. It's, I, I just, what's going on? I, God's like, you're doing it your way again. But as a child, we're equivalent to a slave with that mentality. This is why it's important to stay connected to leaders, to to people and relationships. This is why relationships are so huge, because as we're growing in Christ, we need our brothers and sisters that are tapped in as well to be able to pour into our life. You begin to give to them, and we get to go back and forth, and we grow together. The Bible says our inheritance is amongst those that are sanctified, those that are called out, set aside as well with the same mindset. This is why community is so huge. But this is also why you see a lot of people that struggle, they love to isolate themselves. The enemy loves to pull them out of the fold because they can't get no help. Let's go into adoption. 
Some of the biblical examples of adoption we've seen is, you know, Pharaoh's daughter and Moses. Some of them know the stories about Eli and Samuel, Joseph and Jesus. The Bible says in 1 Peter, the second chapter, 9th to 10th verse, it says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Here we go. That ye should show forth the praises of him, the wonderful deeds and virtues and perfections, who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I started to read that scripture again. I said, man, that's me. I'm a part of that family. I said, yeah, but I called you out of darkness, but I need you to step into this marvelous light. Some of us are satisfied with justification. We've been redeemed. But we never seek the fullness of what God has for us. The cross was the ends to a means. We preach the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross. But the whole purpose of the cross was so that the comforter can come, the kingdom can come, dwell inside of us, and we can walk as sons and daughters on earth. That what's in us becomes us. As we behold him, we become like him. That was the fullness of that thing. That's what he kept talking. He says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Some of us are still stuck at the cross. Jesus didn't preach Christianity. Jesus didn't preach Jesus. What did he preach? He preached the kingdom. Go look in the scriptures. That's what he, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. Adoption takes place between justification and sanctification. We're justified, we're made right with God, and this adoption process begins to happen. God selects us, he, he, he starts to show us his nature. But I think sometimes we skip it. We don't know the value of it to getting to know him. We get to know the church. We get to know how to do church, but we, we, we skip him. And then we gotta go through all this stuff to come back right to the Father. You know, I, was, I came up, I told you about all my my, my religious churchy days, good times. Whew. There was one word that, was, that stuck with me when I was running around acting up, when I took my Christianity time out. That's what I'll call it. And the word that I heard right before I left out there running around was this story about the prodigal son. I don't know who the preacher was, but I would remember, I just, it just would not go away. I could be doing a club, I could be out cutting up, doing whatever, drinking, and when I get to that quiet moment, that word would come back. And the word was this. When the prodigal son came back, he didn't go back to the house. He thought he was, but who met him? The father. And God kept telling me the whole time I was running around, when you come back, come back to me. Don't go back to the house. Don't worry about the house. Come back to me. I mean, low moments. God, I'm so tired. I'm getting weary. I'm having fun. Anybody tell you having, doing sin is, is boring, they're lying to you. That's why we stay out there so long. Right? But the scriptures say sin only lasts for a season. Right? The pleasures of sin is only for a season. It's like a drug. Then you have that down and you're just like, oh. Where's you out? Then you go look for your next fix again. Let me go turn up again, have a good time. Oh, I'm going to do whatever my flesh feels good. And then there's this down where you're just getting beat up. And the enemy just keeps throwing more at you. But he said, come back to me. And I really believe it was necessary for me to 
you know, hear that. And God knew I needed that because the first thing I did when I came back to wanting to get back close to him, I started to go back to my same churchy ways. That's all I knew. Performance. How can I look saved? How can I talk saved? And God began to speak to me. He says, son, you know what? The biggest thing he started to talk to me about was with my brother. So talking about prayer. I need you to be a man of prayer. I don't care about the, if you go to church, all that stuff, yeah, that, that'll come. I said, but one, he told me, one thing you cannot compromise with me in this season, I need to talk to you every day. But God, I got I to gotta do this. I got to be in a church. I got to have a position. I need to be a speaker. All these gifts that I have, all this anointing. I said, no, 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 no. I just want you to spend time with me. And so I did. 2019, the spirit of adoption started to kick in. And I forced, I made myself every day. He said, whatever you do, I don't want you to work. That's, all that other stuff is going to, I need you to make sure you spend time with me. So I got up in the morning, 2019 is when it started, and I, it'd be five minutes. All right, God, I'm here. Okay, I love you, Lord. Do my little, what I know to be prayer. Next day, boom. Then it start growing. Then I start finding myself at a park every Saturday morning at 7 o'clock in the morning. All right, I'm here with my brothers. We're out here praying. I'm not, I'm not saying this to go to boast because I love the times I'm looking like, what am I doing? And I was faithful in it. God said, I need you to continue to be faithful here. Just meet me here. So I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And before you know it, 15 minutes turned to 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes to where I don't even want to leave his presence. And as I'm focusing on him, everything around me is starting to come together. My marriage gets better. My, my kids, I've got older kids, they're starting to respond to me differently. I'm, I'm finding ways to reach them that I never would ever come up with on my own. Beforehand, I was shooting from the hip, like, hey, this is what I'm going to tell you. Yeah, I'm, I'm the cool dad. I love you. But there was no change. And it was times they would call me and have all this stuff going on, and I'm listening to heaven. God spoke a word to me just this morning, and I was able to give it away. He says, that's my son who I'm well pleased. That's who I created you to be. In this relationship as, 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 as adopted children, there's a nature that's going to come just with spending time with him, right? After you know and you come to that realization, God, you selected me, you chose me. This wasn't by accident. This wasn't just something where I just found you on my low point. No, you actually went after me and selected me before the world was even created. You thought of me. When we get that value down on the inside, we start to see things a little bit different. Our perspective changes. We're not so much worried about failing anymore, right? When we make a mistake, it actually draws us closer to him. It doesn't take us away. The value of grace and mercy means different now. Beforehand, when I would sin or do something, I'm like, I can never please you. I'm done. Now it's like, ah, I messed up. Okay, God. Oh, Daddy, I'm going to get it right now. Let's go. Ah, I missed that one. God, help me. I want to do that one better. And then it started being little things. I'm telling on myself, and that's okay. Y'all pray for me. It was the little things. It wasn't the big stuff like I thought before. It wasn't the stuff that, like I said, the big sins that we all judge each other. It was a little, I don't even like the way I sounded this morning, God. The way I talked to my wife, God, I don't even like the way that came. Help me, God. 
man, I shouldn't even laugh. It, I wasn't trying to be holy and be sanctified and be a Christian anymore. It was just coming out of me. It wasn't works anymore. I went to Atlanta to visit my sister and my mom, and it's another way that God starts showing me that I was changing. And <clears throat> we're out dinner, we're at a brunch actually. They're playing all this music, and anybody that's been out there, it's all about the brunches. And I'm like, I just want to eat. Y'all got this music going, like, see. But I'm with this couple, and the whole time we're eating, I'm looking at them, trying to make sure they have the best breakfast and fellowship ever. This may sound a little cheesy, but this is where my mind was at. They had a little boy that was real fussy, and he was crying and, and kind of going crazy. And I'm like, hey, you know, you want me to take him? Well, you guys can sit on this side. And, you know, there's chairs here, but this is a bench over here. This will be comfortable for you. And, 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 and the guy's, the, the husband's looking like, bro, chill. I can see his face, but it was just, I was consumed by it. I want this experience that we're having right here in fellowship to be God-ordained and that everything you experience in this moment is just beautiful. How can I serve you? And I stopped for a minute. I'm like, bro, why do you care so much? And the Holy Spirit kicked me and says, that's my son. I've always been looking for the big stuff. I'm going to preach. I want to get up here. I, I dread this now. <laughs> At one point in time, young in the Lord, my 20s, oh, man, give me that mic. fearful, because I know what comes with this, with titles, positions. The enemy loves that. That's why he took Jesus to the mountaintop, tempted him with that. I give you all of this. Don't want the angels get you if you fall down. You can make a mistake. No, angels got you. But in that moment, I'm sitting there, and God's like, this is what I've called you. God, this, this, yes, this. Little stuff, just like that. And, I, and, and even in, in my home, in my relationship with my wife and my children, I, where I get the most frustrated with a five, four, and a three-year-old. Every day, me and the wife are looking at each other, what were we thinking? <laughs> I know what I was thinking. <laughs> but we got these babies, and, and, and it's, it, it tries our faith, and, and God's just saying, this is where you're going to learn of me the most. Right here. With you, her, these kids. For all my parents out there, marriages, single moms, I was raised by a single mom. Do not feel like you're insufficient because you don't hold a position or you don't have a title and you're not seeing all these great things. And these, when you can minister to those babies and you can worship God as you're changing diapers and washing dishes and you can praise him in the morning before they get up snotting and crying, you just spend time in his presence. You'll find a way to start loving on him and having a secret place with your father in the most weird moments. That's the spirit of adoption. You're learning of your father. Those that don't know, I've got six girls and one boy. Yeah. So my parenting and role as a father, I got to be ready. And the value of that has risen so much the closer I've gotten to my father. To have something to give away.
silver and gold have I not. I may not have all the riches. I may not be able to give you everything that I want to give you. But such as I have, I give unto thee. Is it me? If it means me dying to myself, my wants, my desires, my dreams to serve, I'll do it. But this journey that I'm going on, I love you, honey. I love you, kids. But I'm going to please him. He's first. He's it. I made that mistake for years, putting everything. There's so many things that are competing for that place of God in our hearts. Everything is competing for that position. And it belongs to him. I refuse. I told myself, God, my prayer is that I never, ever take another time out. Because when that prodigal son came back, guess what? The father was there. He never left. Wasted everything. I'm going to close with this right here. You know, one of the key things in asking where you have experienced this adoption is sonship. And that's not just for male children. Sonship is including all of us. There's a part that we give back to him. There's two things I want, to, I want to hit on real quick. And that's followership and dependence. When he saw those two men fishing, he says, follow me. And I'll make you fishers of men. We follow, he makes. Don't get caught up in doing his work. Let him do it. You just follow. But in that act of followership, we have to forsake all. Peter got frustrated. He says, Lord, we've forsaken everything to follow after you. What beholden? What's next? It's okay to get frustrated sometimes, but that's what you take in prayer. And the second thing is dependence. Soul dependence on God. When Jacob wrestled before that, he had an encounter in Luz when he laid on that rock and he saw the angels ascending and descending on that ladder. He didn't, take, he didn't take too much advantage of that situation. He kind of carelessly handled that encounter, right? This is great. This is the house of God. This is Bethel. And you know what that cost him? 20-something years in slavery with Laban. Then he comes back to that same spot. He says, no, 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 this time you're going to bless me. 
I'm not taking this encounter carelessly. I, I value this experience a little bit different now after what I've been through. And the angel said, what's your name? He said, Jacob. He said, no, now your name is Israel. And the second thing he did was he touched the hollow spot of his hip to take that place of dependence that he was holding on to and broke him down to where he can now be dependent on nobody else but God. He changed his name and he changed the way he walked and who he depended on. When you have a true encounter with God, that's what you'll expect. It may not always feel good. It may not be all pleasant. But what God's tapping is a place that's got in your life that where you're holding on to something where he belongs. And it's not that you disregard, but you're saying, hey, look, I love everybody. I thank you and everything. But he, it's all about him. And sometimes in, in our relationships, you're going to have to share a word that's going to be hard. You're going to have to stand on his word. And it's going to cause a rift. Husbands, wives, when God speaks to you about something and you've got to speak that word into your children, into your spouse, it's, it may cause a little problem. But I'm going to tell you right now, when you stand on his word, watch what happens in the long run. Watch the respect and heart posture that shifts in your relationship. Watch how God begins to show up and starts doing things because you've put him first. Too many times we kind of cower down because we don't want to deal with what comes with it. But no, 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 God says, who is your father? Right now, I want to open the altar for prayer. And simply put, if you haven't felt that true connection with God in a long time, I'm talking about knowing that he's near, hearing his voice, even if the hunger's not there. I'm asking you to come forth right now and pray exactly for that. God, renew the hunger that's within me. Reignite that fire. I don't want to be going through the motions. I don't want to play anymore, play church. I heard a brother say when I was coming up, eternity is too long to be wrong. Too many things are going on in this world for us to be playing church, taking things lightly. When we've got a father who has adopted us, who has chosen us, who has selected us to walk this thing with him, and he's just waiting for us. And all we have to do is change our hearts towards him, and he's going to meet us exactly where we're at. The son didn't have to go all the way to the house. Father met him there. It's a decision. It's a choice. And God will do the rest. If you could stand.